Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 366 for the 29th of Cheshvan in Alipir. So we've been learning really deep stuff. We're, we're in this this place of uh, Kuntras Ahran, this, um, the final section of the Tanya, which as I've said many times, is a very Kabbalistic portion of the Tanya. It's the last portion of the Tanya where the ultra really tackles a lot of deep Kabbalistic ideas and compares and contrasts them and gets into deeper explanations of them um, based on things that he wrote in Tanya, based on different ideas that come up in Kabbalistic's farm and, and where he finds seeming contradictions and he, he attempts to resolve these contradictions. That's all of what's happening here. Yesterday, we began the third essay of this in this Kuntra Sachran, essay three, uh, in which we began talking about the different effects that our intentions have when we on our prayer and on our Torah study and when it can, uh, what type of ascensions can happen, what type of angels might be created, things like that. For a full review of that, please go back and listen to yesterday's episode. I'm not going to reiterate it all now. But today, what we're going to be looking at and examining is some Kabbalistic writings that seem to contradict one another, and as we'll see, they don't. Um, where it's where there's a there's discussion about different types of ascension, like we've been talking about, occur or don't occur when there is different types of intention or lack thereof. So, intention in prayer and Torah study can basically be be uh, categorized into three categories. Uh, there's good intention, positive intention, like having this orientation towards God and really tapping into a person's love of and fear of God. Then there's neutral intention where a person learns Torah study uh, or prays, but isn't necessarily thinking about God. It's, you know, they're just kind of thinking about something else or whatever. And then there's negative intention. There's intention which is negative in nature where a person's learning Torah um, for the sake of some ulterior motive, like self-aggrandizement or something like that. Um, in the sake of prayer, it's not so apparent what that would be. But we can say maybe prayer that where a person's really distracted by things that really are against God type of thing. And what we're going to be studying today is we're going to be looking at various Kabbalistic writings that discuss the effects of these different intentions that seem kind of strange at first glance because it kind of seems as if when the when a person has negative intent, there's an elevation that happens that's higher than when a person has neutral intent or even positive intent. Or that when a person prays without 
intense at all. And one place in the Zohar, we'll see that it's it discusses that there's still a certain ascension that happens, whereas another place in the Zohar seems to indicate that there is no ascension that happens. So we're going to try to sort through all of this and understand what's going on. Uh, in brief, kind of like the answer to all of this, is that the more you learn Chassidus, the more you learn Kabbalah and, and these kind of Kabbalistic ideas, the more you start to see that everything is very relative. There's these terms that we throw around a lot, like Malchus, Za, Bia, you know, uh, all kinds of different things. And the, each one has its own series of levels. So it's it's weird even. This is why I think it's it's kind of like I've never seen a proper map of like the spiritual realms of like the Seder Kishtalshalus because it would be really, really tricky to do this because it's like there's so many different levels and there's so many various like intricacies behind it all and uh where it might seem like that you're on a higher level on the one hand when you look at the, when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture you're actually on a lower level so like you know for example if we say that you are on the level of zero unpain if you've been following along the podcast hopefully you know some of these terms already so you say like you know zero unpain versus malchus which one is higher so pop quiz so zero unpain is higher right Yes and no, because that would be true if we're looking at them in the same place, in the same world, in the same perspective. But what if we're talking about the level of Malchus of Atsilas versus Zeranpin of Asiya, for example? In that case, the Malchus is actually higher. So everything is really relative. And that's what we really need to keep in mind as we explore um, the the section for today. So let's get into it. And to the best of my ability, I'll try to give this over. Again, these ideas are quite complex and I don't have a full grasp and understanding of some of these things, especially when it gets into the chambers and stuff like that as we'll get there. But take from it what you can and we'll learn this together. It's an exciting journey. It's fun to be challenged. So stick with it and bear with me. And so here so here we go. So the ultra orbit begins by contrasting two different places in the Zohar that seem to contradict each other in terms of whether prayer without intention rises, ascends to any place, and if so, where does it ascend to? So on the one hand, the in the Zohar, in the section regarding Parshas Pekudai, then it's then it says that the, the Zohar writes that the prayer, that such prayer that without intention rises to the lowest heaven. Rakiatata in Hebrew, which seems to indicate that it, it does rise, it rises to a certain place, to the lowest heaven. Whereas when we see in the Zohar and Parshas Vayakel, then it says that the only prayer that rises is prayer that has proper intention connected with it, which seems to imply that if you do not have proper intention, then it doesn't rise at all. So what's going on? Does it rise to the lowest heaven? Does it not rise to the lowest heaven? What's going on? So the ultra says that this is not a contradiction at all because uh when we're talking about so in parts Pikudai, where it talks about this lower heaven um this this is a reference to the lowest of heavens that governs the world that that governs the world and this is a reference to malchus of asia so that's like the lowest rung in the chain of Sergei Shalshos. Whereas when we look in Parshat Vayakhel, where it says it, it, the only prayer that rises at all is prayer with intention, this is referencing something else. This is referencing Zer Anpin of Asiya, which is higher than Malchus of Asiya. And he says that we see similarly this reference to Zer Anpin of Asiya. He says that this is as it's written in the Itzchayim and the Shara Shemot in the third chapter there. So it, it's talking about the Zer Anpin of Asiya. So basically, like, 
yeah, so basically what the, the way the ultra resolves this seeming contradiction is he says that the, they're talking about two separate things. They're talking about the, the level that uh, the re- is referenced in par- Parshas Pekudai as to rising is the Malchus of Asiyah versus when Parshas Vayakel says that um, says that it, it, it doesn't rise because it doesn't rise to Zeran Pina Vasiyah. It only rises to the level of Malchus Vasiyah. Okay, so this is all well and good, but now the Ultra Rebbe is going to bring another little wrench into this. And he says, okay, but what about the fact that in uh, Parshish Pekudai, there's an implication that even invalid prayer, like even like if somebody uh, prays, not only just without any intention at all, but they pray and they have like, foreign thoughts they're thinking about things that they shouldn't be thinking about it says it it seems to imply there that this prayer ascends to the first chamber the first heichal it's called um, from which then it is thrown down and this chamber this first heichal is found where is it found it's found in the zeranpin of bria which bria is the world that is uh, right below Atsilas, right? So that's a very high level. So what's going on here? What are we talking about? And um, and so the ultra rabbi says, no, this is not a problem at all. Why? Because we see that even many different sins, whether they're minor, whether they're really more intense, all rise to that level. They rise to that level of the Hegel, which is found in the Zeranpin of Bria, and even higher than that, as high even as the fourth chamber, which is even higher, uh, the fourth Hegel. And this is written about in the Zohar on page 252a. So honestly, disclaimer, I don't know that much. I'm not super well versed into all the chambers, all the Hegelos and where they're found and everything like that. But suffice it to say, the Hegelos are like this kind of like external layer of each world. And so what the Ultra Rabbi is saying here is that while, yes, you know, different prayers um, and good deeds and actions and everything like that ascend to different worlds, sins, unfortunately, also do ascend. And they can ascend to these Hegelos, to these different uh, chambers. And so to explain all of this, the Altar says that we can understand from all this that different ascensions, like just when we say something ascends, something goes up, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the same thing. There's many different types of ascension. Uh, so we call them all ascension. We call them all aliyot in Hebrew, but it doesn't mean the same thing. It's like, where is it ascending to? Is it ascending to the outer layer of the world, the inner layer of the world, the malchus of the world, the zeranpin of the world? There, there's all kinds of different things. And through this understanding, we can come to understand another teaching where it says on in the Zohar on page 247 that in the second chamber, in the second Hegel, so I'm assuming that's one above the first Hegel, uh, we find that the one appointed over the garments that clothe the soul as a result of their performance of their mitzvahs. So he doesn't really elaborate on what this is, but meaning to say it's just... Um, it's just like, you know, basically to give us this understanding that there are many different types of ascensions and not all ascensions are created equal. So some ascensions happen uh, due to our Torah, due to our prayer with intention, um, or even not any intention at all, in which case it would go up to Malchus of Asiya. Uh, and, but then when we do bad things as well, those bad things have, have effects above as well. They also create ascensions, quote unquote, but just to different places, to these external levels. And um, and and some of these ascensions to different hechalos, different chambers, can come about from good things as well, as we see this example in the Zohar. That um, that in the second chamber, that's where we see the the one appointed over the garments that clothe the soul. Um, 
when we do mitzvahs. So it's like when we do mitzvahs, as we've mentioned previously, our soul gets garment, it gets uh, clothed in um, like holy light. And so the one appointed to do this, like sort of like the spiritual energy that's involved in this in, in this clothing is found in the second chamber. So there's the basic idea is that the map is really vast and it's really complex and it's not easy to kind of draw out and have it clear in your head because there's so much going on and there's so much relativity and all that kind of stuff. And then the ultra concludes here and he says just uh, just kind of like on a technical note and that where it says like the, the one who's appointed over clothing the garments, but there's another way to read this text that is actually um, that the garments themselves are housed in that place in the second chamber. And, uh, and, and the reason, and, and again, there seems to be this contradiction because on the one hand it's okay. So whether it's the one who's appointed over the garments or the garments themselves, that's where it's clothed there. Um, but the mitzvahs themselves um, are actually found in the lower Gun Eden in the world of Asiya, as the Zohar explains in page 210. So a lot of technicalities here. And um, and the main thing to take away from all of it is just, yeah, just that idea that there's lots of different assumptions. So if you ever read something like the altar up is brought up, which seems to contradict, like it's like, wait a second, I read that, you know, prayer um, doesn't ascend at all if you don't have a good intention to it. Um, oh, but then I write somewhere else that it does ascend. So what's going on? What are we talking about ascension? What are, how are we defining ascension in each instance? And uh, what, what part of the map are we like zooming into here? So kind of like one way to kind of understand it is that like, if you are, you know, we think of a map as like uh, north, south, east and west uh but then what about like right and left like that's a different thing like depending on where you are in the map you're gonna be your your right might be might be north your right might be west your right might be south and your right might be east like it's it, it really depends on where you are in that map to be able to give that orientation and even the terms north and south and east and west and all of that, it's like, it's very relative. It's like for us, you know, like, um, let's say I'm living here in New York. So to me, when I think about Minnesota, right, that would be, that's to the west of where we are. But if I were to live in California, then Minnesota, all of a sudden, it's not in the west, it's in the east, right? It's, it's, uh, it's not like if somebody were to ask somebody in New York and somebody in LA, where is Minnesota? Which direction is Minnesota in? And one of them would say, east and one of them would say west uh you would think like what is going on you know but if you understand how maps work and you understand the world everything makes perfect sense right so it's the same idea here is that the zohar the spiritual worlds are are, are really worlds like true worlds unto themselves and we're just getting these little little glimpses from like a very teeny place and we're not seeing the full bird's eye view so that's sort of how to understand all of this so with that being said, we'll continue along these lines tomorrow when we conclude this essay, this third essay in Kundra's Ahran, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.